It's a theme that binds humanity together all around the globe. Family. That six-letter word carries with it the weight of beautiful and heartbreaking stories. Tells of relatives who are the glue that holds their loved ones together. Stories of the struggle to restore broken relationships or carry on without them altogether. And when you ask immigrants what led them to leave behind everything they once knew for a new country, a lot of the time, the answer is family. And that there's an old adage I've told before that goes one's grandfather becomes a soldier so that his son or daughter can become a business person or a merchant so that his son or daughter can become an artist. That adage, it ranked true for Ben at PG, who left the Philippines for America at a very young age when his father was able to join the U.S. Navy. This is the fourth episode to Live in America, a podcast from the San Diego Union Tribune. It's a five-part miniseries that explores the immigrant experience in the United States, and it's just one piece of a multimedia project on San Diego Union Tribune com and it shares stories from more than 60 immigrants and their experiences in America and in this episode we're gonna talk a little bit about family and what it means to have family we've heard so many stories about parents choosing to leave their home country behind just to find a better life for their children that was definitely the case for Bennett PG but first I want to show you the story of Meb Kafleski he has won the Boston Marathon the New York Marathon and an Olympic medal for team USA but before he became a celebrated athlete, his story began with his parents' decision to leave the war-torn Eritrea. It's in the Horn of Africa, for safety and for their family's future. To make it happen, his father had to travel a long distance, on foot. My mom encouraged him to leave, and uh, he took that trek for uh, over 225 miles, and he made it to Sudan. And once he made it to Sudan, he stayed there for another year, year and a half, and then eventually he made it to Italy, um, once he made it to Italy, he looked after us and uh, eventually brought us back to, uh, you know, to Italy. And I was 10 years old. I, he left when I was five. Uh, didn't see my father until I was 10 years old. And uh, we eventually met uh, in Athens, Greece, he, where he met us, and then eventually lived in Italy for a year and a half. And then on October 21st, 1987, through the help of my sister Ruth and the Red Cross, we came to the United States. After everything his parents went through, the pressure was on for Meb to make the most out of this new opportunity. This is the case for many immigrants. Whether their parents say it or not, they feel it. But for Meb, who grew up as a refugee in San Diego, it's thanks to his parents' high expectations that he discovered a talent that one day would actually make him famous. And when your parents expect you to get good grades in school, that also means good grades in physical education. So when I first came to the United States, I didn't speak a word of English, and uh, I was 12 years old, going to 13 close, and then they said, you know what, you know, in Eritrea, it doesn't matter what age you are, you just go to school according to what you know, and didn't speak English, so start started first grade or so, but since I was uh, 12 and a half, they said, you know what, let's put this kid another year of uh, middle school so it can be a transition for him, and they put me in sixth grade, and then uh, seventh grade was a, a year later that I, a PE teacher, uh, named uh, Dick Lord said, if you run hard, you're going to get A or B, but if I say you must run, you're going to get DRF, and, you know, for a seventh grader, you have to run 6.15 for the mile to get an A in the class and a t-shirt, and uh, you get your picture in the gym, so I just ran as hard as I can because 
he said so, and plus, my parents always expected an A in everything that we did. So I just learned as hard as I can. It wasn't around the track or anything. It was middle, more of the baseball field, go around the uh, middle of the campus, go around the softball field, and finish in the middle of the campus. And to my surprise and everybody else's, I ended up running a 520. And he goes, you're going to go to the Olympics. And I had no idea what the Olympics were, so because I grew up without electricity and no running water, so I didn't know what the, oh, the word Olympic meant. So I'm like, ah, did I get A? <laughs> did I get a T-shirt? And I have to go home that evening, that afternoon, ask my dad what the Olympics were, and he explained to me. Listen to Ali Reza Tarabi. He says that the weight of his mother's decision to leave Iran really motivates him to push himself a little bit harder. It's something that he does every day. I think about how my mom made that decision to bring us here you know my mom was a little bit older when we came here she was in her 40s and she literally you know they talk about parents sacrificing things she literally gave up everything everything i mean she gave up her work she was a business owner in iran she owned property she had all most of her family there she left her marriage she gave up everything to come here for my brother and myself, you know, so that we can have the opportunities that she didn't believe we would have in Iran. And I want to prove to her that it was worth it. And that's why I do everything that I do. Again, family can be a driving force, a driving power, something that motivates you. But in many cases also, immigrants tend to turn back to their family when there's hard times, when they're struggling with the transition, with the new life, for support, for strength, in the mental space between their native country and their new one, young immigrants also turn to their parents for help in forging their new identities. Take Denise Garcia. She's an immigrant from Mexico, and she's now a director of international affairs for the city of San Diego. And she told us that there was a time where she wanted to drop her native language altogether for good. But now she spends much of her time working with Mexico and people from there. And she thanks her dad for never really letting her give up her native tongue. Well, I started elementary school here in San Diego. Uh, I didn't speak English, so um, I got made fun of at first. And then I made friends around the neighborhood and started learning how to speak it. I guess when you're a kid, you learn language pretty quickly. And, uh, and I learned. And then for a while, I didn't want to speak Spanish anymore. And my dad sat me down and said, Denise, aquí en esta casa vas a hablar español. Si no hablas español, no voy a hablar contigo. And it really impacted me, and I thank him now because of him pushing me to continue to speak Spanish. I have the job that I have now, and I've had the opportunities that I've had in my career because of that. In a previous episode, you heard about how Tess Mauricio and her family worked extremely hard to get out of poverty after arriving from the Philippines. She's now a successful dermatologist and says it wouldn't have happened without her family. I must say it's a, been a very difficult journey, but, you know, the ups and downs of it have, has really kept our family together. Um, I'm proud to say that M Beauty Clinic is family owned. My three siblings, we all work together. We live within a mile or two from each other and we see each other. My parents live with me. And so if there's anything about the immigrant story is that, you know, the hardships kept our family together. She says like, Many other immigrants who have children in America, she wants to try to remind her children, tell them that they didn't get here where they are today without hard work and sticking together. 
I'm very emotional about being a, an American and, and, and being in America. I, I truly believe that um, our family story is really an American story. And, you know, some people may call it an American success story, but um, I really feel that someone, if, if people can only understand how poor we were when we started here in, in America and you know, to now, we just came back as a family from Hawaii and we're stayed at Sheraton Waikiki and we're all together and we're, we're you know, we're ordering food from restaurants. And we're like, you know, when we were young, we couldn't even order a soda because it cost so much money. We would go for the cheapest buffet and we all shared one soda among the whole family, you know. And I, I truly believe that here in America, if you have the drive, if you have the talent, if you truly can believe in yourself, you really can make it. And then there's Slima Saft. There's a lesson that she wants to pass on to the next generation. It's that if she can thrive as an immigrant in America, they too can thrive. She's now a civil engineer working for the California Department of Transportation, also known as Caltrans. I know that a lot of things that we um, encounter in life are by chance but I am glad that we had a chance to come here. And what I'm proud of most being here is, first of all, the sacrifice that my parents and my grandparents had to make to come here so we would have a better life uh, is definitely what I am proud of the most. And then uh, anything we do now is kind of not to let them down. So that's why I decided to go to school even where I work uh, at Caltrans. Uh, All you need is a minimum requirements as a bachelor's degree, but I decided, let me see, can I, can I get a PhD? What, what is it going to take? And, uh, um, and just to also be able to tell my children when they say, oh, it's too hard, I don't want to go to school. And I could just say, you know, talk to the hand. Yeah, you don't need to tell me that. I know what you're going through. So uh, working and having uh, to raise the family and going to school is not easy, but it's possible. You can still do it. Bennett PG. Remember him? He spoke earlier in this episode about how one generation sacrifices so much so the next one can have a better life. His father joined the Navy and Bennett went on to incorporate both art and business into his career. And though he came to America as a young boy, he made sure to learn and embrace Filipino culture so both he and his children would never forget where they came from. Here, he explains the importance of community when it comes to keeping culture alive among families. And if you're lucky enough, you come full circle and you, you go back deep into your culture that you may not have been. You know, it's like I say Filipino-Americans who had forgotten what the Filipino part about being Filipino-American is, and you immerse yourself back into it. Uh, but it's so much more helpful if you have a place to go, libraries and communities, you know, a cluster of, uh, of amenities or cafes, restaurants that are of the culture. So you can kind of say, okay, you know, this is part of the traditional and the history of the immigrant uh, stories that I need to find and learn more about, but then I need to find my own voice, right? And also find how can I know both sides of who I am from here on out and so that I can pass that along to my children. And if we don't speak our own historical language, if we don't pass our own, our own traditional culture, the ones we inherited, you know, from our parents and our grandparents, that's the end of the line, right? That's the end of the line and our children will never, will have much have a harder time remembering and, 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 and realizing the lineage and the sacrifices someone made for them to be where they are. 
This podcast is part of a multimedia project by the San Diego Union Tribune, and it's called Our Immigrant Story, which can be found at San Diego Union Tribune dot com slash immigrants to live in america is hosted and co-produced by me luis gomez along with abby hamlin and editor lara hockley interviews were conducted by luis cruz eduardo contreras melvin cepeda howard lippin and alejandro tamayo our art comes from gloria obregoso thank you for listening